Good morning, and welcome to the 150th Taco Cast. Um, I'm here with uh, Lieutenant Trujillo. Uh, my name is Senior Airman Beckley. We'll start with a, a taco tip of the day with Lieutenant Trujillo. Uh, what do you got for us today, sir? So the biggest tip that I would probably have for y'all today is go into your smartphone if you have Android or Apple. And uh, if you're looking for a different kind of job, career, um, there's going to be postings on Facebook as well as the Air Force Connect app. So if you don't have that, you're more than welcome to get it. It's a Air Force driven uh, app where we will be communicating through the wing resources, uh, job opportunities, family readiness, and also just our command message. So I want to uh, go into a topic that um, does it doesn't come into my mind pretty often um, as I am an enlisted airman, but I am very, very close to my degree and you being prior enlisted and now as an officer, um, talking about the differences and the pros versus cons about going from enlisted to an officer mm-hmm. position um, and should you or should you not? Because I think that from my experience, I've seen a lot of airmen, sergeants who are extremely high education um, and they seem to be using that in not the b- most like efficient way in their guard career. Yeah. So I want to talk about one, your transition process um, and how you go about actually making that transition okay. and two, the differences that you found and why you just chose to go to OTS. Well, that's a, that's a really great topic. And it's one that I've heard a lot of people talk about. So I transitioned from being enlisted to an officer last year. Uh, I went to what's OTS, which is now called TFOT, so Total Force Officer Training. Uh, I went last year in 2018, and so today we'll just talk about my personal preference and and kind of what I've heard and seen from other people and and what I experienced as well. And a lot of people, you know, think about their military career and the future of it, but at the same time, the cool thing about being in the Guard is you're right, a lot of people have their degrees. and the reason that that is because people can be in the military in a part-time status. And uh, so it just begins, it just depends on personal preference. Uh, personally, I was in banking at the time and I loved my career and uh, I wanted to serve my country, but I didn't want to do it full time. Uh, you're right, I at that time had my, had my degree as well. And so I had thought about becoming an officer right away, but at the same time, I wanted to do something I hadn't done before you know, sitting in an office all day selling to people uh, can be kind of cumbersome after doing it for about 12 years. So I went into air transportation and I learned how to load airplanes as an enlisted member. So I got to experience BMT, which was a lot of fun. And those people who have done it, well, you know, at first are like, oh, that sounds crazy. Or if you YouTube, you know, basic military training, it's like, what am I getting myself into? No, I, I, had, a, I had a great time at BMT, actually. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> so same one, here. Yeah, one of my one of my best friends uh, lives in Albany. Met him at basic training, and um, we've gone on multiple trips together since yeah. then. And just, we had some crazy stories. We had some good bonding experience. We still got a free Facebook group from our BMT flight. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. We marched to NSYNC at one point. So <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one of our, is our, um, our, what, what are they called? The, uh, the trainers? Oh, the MTIs. MTIs. Sorry, I forget. No, um, right. One of them was, uh, they're stark opposites in personalities. One was a little four foot 10 woman who was terrifying. Um, and the other one was like this tall, big dude who was a reservist and was just enjoying life basically. Yeah. <laughs> so he would just be marching around with us and doing chants and marching to NSYNC. Mm-hmm. And then 
next day, other MTI would show up and she'd slam on the door. We couldn't see her because she was too short, so we wouldn't answer the door right away. And that was a mistake. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had, I had a great time, yeah. basic. So I, I, believe, I think it's really helpful for a lot of people that experience too. So. See, and that's, that's exactly the kind of experience that I was talking about. And that's the cool thing about being in the Guard. So a lot of people don't really think about joining the National Guard right off the bat to make it as a full-time military career. A lot of people do it for free education uh, so they can continue to go to school right while they're, while they're doing um, their drill weekends and their AT days. I know you do that. Um, or, you know, individuals who have already have a career established but still want to serve their country and, and want to take that call have that ability. So the, the big question that I always ask myself is, what, what do I really want to get out of the military? And so for me personally, one, I wanted to do something I'd never done before. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I got to go places and see things that I never would have been able to do working in the bank. And then two, um, I always thought of becoming an officer, but I wanted to gain the experience of the people that I would be supervising as an officer, right? So in banking, I started out as a teller. Um, then I became a teller supervisor, banker, all the way up to management. And I could have never have understood, you know, the struggle of a teller and a banker if I hadn't experienced it myself. And so I went to that mindset, becoming an officer of, I'd never understand how it is to be an airman, um, go through BMT, go through tech school, complete CDCs, go through ALS, um, do OJT, and all that stuff if I hadn't done it myself. And that's my personal experience. My personal leadership has always been able to allow me to do that. Um, because it's hard for me to just put myself in other people's shoes. I want to experience it so that way I can empathize with them properly is how I feel. And so after that, I wanted to be a leader in the military, and so I decided to become an officer. And the transition was actually a lot of fun. Um, you basically find positions that are available in the Guard, and then you apply for them. You got a board, go against other people. Um, the cool thing is, is you you could be going against a student flighter, you could be going against a senior master sergeant uh, for the position, but it also allows you to decide the position you want. So the guard's very different from active duty in that manner. Um, and then from there, once you get in, uh, you know the cool thing is, is you can start drill, doing drill weekends with your new shop. That's something that I did. So I got into public affairs and I got to drill with them before I went to Tupac to kind of see what the job was and and what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, I never experienced that I'd be on video and, and podcasts at this time. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be, we'll put you on more yeah. platforms. Yeah. So <laughs> the nice thing is I have a supervisor who can do this as well. The transition was real cool. And then I got to go to TFOT, um, which was actually a lot of fun. It was about eight and a half weeks and it was a blend of leadership training and BMT together. So in BMT, it's more tactical. You focus on like how to roll your socks, you know, um, attention to detail, getting down with the tactical level of making sure that you're doing things specifically and doing them quickly um, and building cadence, whereas TFOT was more along the lines of, um, you know, having to think outside the box and making sure that you're making decisions and time management and doing the homework assignments and the and the trainings that they give you uh, kind of on your own you don't have somebody kind of drilling down on you they give you a due date and it's up to you to get them done or not so this, tell me if this is wrong but um it kind of sounds like uh like officer school is more similar along the lines of like a college course um in terms of like things you have to do on your own and having a little bit more responsibility and then 
BMT seems a little bit more like a daycare. That sounds kind of bad. Um, but where everything is like put out for you and it's what you take from it. So, cause my, what I basically got from BMT was originally, why am I doing this? This is stupid. Um, not BMT, but like certain things like, why do I care? Why do I care if there's dust in my socks? Yeah. Um, and then going into maintenance and, um, figuring out about like, it wasn't about dust. It's about this detail that I need to pay attention to. And about this piece of dust is equivalent to a loose screw on this engine that if I don't tighten could hurt somebody. Right. Um, so I feel like the officer training school is about like more like what you put into it in your own time. And then BMT is about kind of what you take out of what they throw at your face, I guess. That's exactly, that's exactly true. Um, and that's, that's the thing is a lot of people when they join the military, they don't think, about the repercussions of their actions. And you're right. I mean, when I was in BMT, RMTI, he was always on, you know, somebody could somebody could die if you if you don't do, you know, what you're supposed to do and you don't think about that like you said, you know, oh, there's a you know, I got a little piece of string sticking out of my uniform, but you're paying attention to detail because when I went to tech school for air transportation, it was about loading airplanes and if you didn't put the right piece of equipment in the right spot, the plane may not go up or it could potentially crash due to weight distribution distribution. Um and I, that allowed me to make sure that I paid attention to those little things. And then in officer school, it was more about that thinking outside the box because as an officer, you're going to be dealing more with policy and procedures uh, and coming up with ideas as to how to you know, train you or train an airman to get ready for the next level. Um, so it was more cognitive thinking, mm-hmm. I would say, and uh, time management and making sure that you're qualified to be a leader. So it got you ready to make sure that you can take care of your airmen. It was more about, you know, getting to know people and empathizing and, uh, and like I said, thinking outside the box. So that way, if something didn't affect um, or affected your airmen negatively, you could make sure to make the right adjustments to help them out because that's the whole point of a leader is to support them. Okay. And those were the big differences. But at the same time, they're both extremely beneficial. So... Mm-hmm. That brings me to like another question. Um, you mentioned this a little bit about picking like your position. So does your degree that you have necessarily matter in whatever type of officer position you want to go into? Does it depend on the job kind of, or do you have like say a journalism degree, but you want to go into like a maintenance officer position? Does that change? So, so that's actually a really good question for the recruiters. I think they would be the best ones to talk cool. to about that. Um, from my experience, there are certain jobs, uh, especially like behaviorists, lawyers, mm-hmm. um, yeah, doctors, doctors, those kind of people. Yeah. yeah, you have to engineers. You have to have a specific degree to get into it. But for the most part, no. A lot of the positions I applied for, uh, I just needed a bachelor's degree. And then you take what's called the AFOQT, Air Force Officer qualified test. Is that I think similar is like is. an ASVAB, but for it's officers? It's exactly cool. like an ASVAB. Just so it's like times 10 hardcore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I took the ASVAB when I was like 16 years yeah. old. Yeah, so this one's a little more, you got to be quick. And uh, you take that, and then depending on your scores, will just determine your kind of your job that you go into. But for the most part, um, recruiters will know exactly which positions are available, and they'll post, you know, if you need a specific degree to go in, or maybe if you just need, you can you can have any degree, but you just need a, a certain type of AFOQT score. Okay. But um, but for the most part, they'll be the best ones to talk to about it. And uh, but the nice thing is, is you know, there's there's a lot of jobs out there for different degrees, so you can still kind of pick where you want to go. And if you join as an enlisted person, the cool thing is, is if you're going to college for your bachelor's and there's a certain type of job you want, they can also tell you what degree you would need for it. 
So then you could, you know, strive for that degree if that's the job you want. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I, we talked a little bit about this the other day, but something that I've been, um, going back and forth on with, uh, going to an officer, not being close to my degree. Um, because originally when I was in maintenance before I cross trained to public affairs, I had zero desire to become an officer at all. I was like, I'm, I will just sit here and I will fix these engines and I will rank up and that's fine um but i was also very disconnected from the wing as a whole um in maintenance so it's been it's changed a lot as i came over to public affairs Mm -hmm. obviously because i'm kind of forced to be connected with the wing in in this way um but like now it's kind of like i kind of do want to be an officer but i kind of don't at the same time because like you talked about i do i love training i love teaching um and that's something that I like to do on the outside. And um, you can probably kind of tell just with my day-to-day that I love to, like, teach people and, like, help them grow. But I also love doing the, the jobs. I love taking photos. I love um, creating content. Right. And I want to be able to go on, like, these deployments and TDYs and actually be the person creating the content and be eligible for awards, et cetera. But so it's, it's kind of, like, difficult for me to go back and forth along the lines. If, right. if I go into an officer position, I'm going to be taking more of that, like, teaching leadership side of it versus but losing some of that content creation side so it's it's kind of a a coin toss in that where i I will figure out where i go and maybe i stay enlisted for another contract and then go as an officer who knows but um yeah it's it's a very difficult decision for i feel like airmen who are enlisted and do have a degree so yeah and it's it's always um it comes down to like i said earlier just personal preference i mean i know I know an airman here in the wing who's enlisted and he has his PhD. So it just depends on what you want to do. You know, that person once said that they joined the guard to do something fun that they've always wanted to do that they couldn't do in the civilian world. And so that's why they do it. And they decided to stay enlisted because the job that they have, they love. And uh, if I had stayed in the banking career, that's probably the exact same route I would have gone was to stay as as an enlisted person because I loved, you know, loading airplanes and, and, and getting to see that side of it and, and whatnot. And, you know, like you said, you love doing all that. I'm not going to lie. When, when I joined public affairs, I was like, Oh yeah, I get to learn how to use a camera and stuff. And then I went to, uh, (laughs) I went to tech school for, for P for, to be a public affairs officer. And we got like one day of training on how to use a camera and they didn't even give us a camera. They actually gave us a tablet that we had assigned to us. And they're like, go for the next hour and take a bunch of pictures with your tablet. (laughs) And uh, this is what, you know, thirds picture looks like. And this is what in, in motion picture looks like. And, and then we'll upload it onto Divids and, uh, and there you go. There's your camera training. And so, you know, a lot of that stuff I'll have to learn on the job. And, but once again, that's the cool thing about the guard is, is you can learn a little bit more. So it all depends. I mean, I would never push anybody to be an officer or enlisted, but at the same time, I'd never push anybody to do something that they don't want to do either. That's the real cool thing about being in the guard from my personal experience is, you can always change it up. You can go somewhere, you know, there's always different jobs available. Um, we have a retention person assigned to us where you can go and talk to him or her and they, you know, they'll tell you all the jobs that are available that you could cross train into. So, and then that gives you a free, you know, TDY. You go to a new tech school and and get to see new things. So the cool thing is, is, is the guard is very specific because it's not full-time unless you find a full-time job you want to do, which mm-hmm. we have those as well, you know. But if you're just looking, you know, to get that extra adventure and experience at it, you can always do something like that. And I think, you know, for you, you have your career on the outside, Beckley, and, and you're, you know, almost done with school. And if you love that that kind of environment where you're actually doing the tactical stuff of taking pictures and, you know, look at you creating podcasts 
and stuff like that, then, you know, officer may not be for you, but that's not a bad thing either, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's been, it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause like, uh, when I was in maintenance, I had, I didn't want to sign another contract. I was like, my contract will come up right about when I have like one semester left of college. And I was just planned to pay out of pocket for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since like then I, when I did cross train, like all of my views on like that changed. And so like the other, the other day, um, if anybody doesn't know, we have, um, like military, like photo and video awards that we can put up for. So I was looking at past winners of these awards. Yeah. Um, and I just found this one guy is like low ranking Navy. Uh, I don't know the Navy ranks, but uh, he was low ranking in the Navy, but he had some like just incredible photos from like just being on like the Naval ship, like the Northern lights over like the ship at night and the Milky way. And, these like photos of them like jumping in the water with like full gear on and like just like the story behind that mm-hmm. was really really cool and then i saw another series um which really this kind of like was really cool this was done by a guardsman um in the air force i believe out of new york um where he deployed not deployed to did a tdy to the amazon um with the medical group uh, to offer medical assistance to like amazonian village people and um some of his photos were a little intense. Like there are some people being treated where they're a little graphic. The images like a child with like a bullet wound in their hand waiting to be treated. But like that type of story that um, he told through those images about like what we actually can do for like just the world, not just our community. Cause we were huge in our community, but like internationally, them going to like the Amazon and treating like mm-hmm. indigenous people and helping them get medical assistance that they would never get prior. Um, that's like, that makes me really like want to, to do more, you know? Yeah. So, um, cause before I would never really want to be on base full time. I would want to continue with my career on the outside and be here every once in a while, maybe a, a few weeks during the summer. Um, like I do now, but if I had like the opportunity to do things like that and tell us these stories about what we actually, as a military as a whole do give back to like the rest of the world, I think that would be like a really, really cool opportunity. So, that's something that I want to like look into in the future as well. So, and that's, um, and that came all from just me being able to cross train because, uh, first shirt saw a photo of mine. and was like, Hey, you should be in PA. And I was like, what's PA? Yeah. (laughs) And I had no clue that, uh, this was even a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely agree on the, uh, if you enjoy it side, because I thoroughly enjoy it so far. Well, and that's, and that's the whole goal, right? We want to make sure that our airmen and everybody, around has high morale because you know the jobs in the military are are very um you know you gotta you gotta you gotta be specific in your job you got you know there's certain things you have to do that are very minute like you said a screw on an airplane or a bolt on an airplane and so we need to make sure we have high morale so we can you know complete our mission as quickly and as effectively as possible um because there are certain things that we've got to do and and so we want to be happy and we want our airmen to be happy. Right. And we want our officers to be happy. And so that's like, I, I keep going back, you know, that's the great thing about the guard is you have that ability to find a job that you love and you're able to do it. And that's the whole point of public affairs is to communicate our commander's message. We want to make sure that people know what they have out there and what they can do. Um, because there's so many cool things that can be done that people may not know about, you know, you didn't even know about public affairs. And then now you're in public affairs and you have a blast with it. And that's the whole point. You know, if we can get the word out there through these videos or through these pictures that are taken, right, because a picture has a thousand words in it, then we can help people see maybe there's something that they're really good at or they really love to do. And then now they're doing it in the military. Um, You know, they're making their hobby come to real life and they can travel with it and and, uh, get extra experience and 
and have a good time with it. And that, that's our goal. And, you know, there may be people out there that love working on airplanes. And so maintenance would be perfect for them. Or there are people mm. out there that love, you know, the medical field and, you know, medical drawn blood and stuff like that could be helpful. Um, people who are super organized, you know, we've got supply or, you know, people want to be pilots. We got pilot programs and navigators. So there, there's a wide plethora of things that can be done in the guard to make people happy, happy. And our goal is to try and as public affairs to make sure that they know what, what's out there and to get them into the right hands. Right. Mm -hmm. And to tell their story. So that's, I agree. So obviously a tax season is coming up. Um, and I'm a, a small business owner. So tax season is super fun on my side. <laughs> um, still dealing with amends from 2018 taxes. But, yeah. Um, so if you and you don't know that uh, there are a lot of tax resources that we have as airmen, um, and LT is going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, Beckley's right. So Aaron Beckley was talking about him being a small business owner, and something we just talked about earlier is how guard members do a bunch of stuff, you know, within the community and whatnot, uh, from teachers to small business owners to contractors to sole proprietors, um, owning LLCs, as as well as just their own personal taxes. And being in the military, there's a lot of um, resources out there online where you could get discounts to do your taxes. You know, some places may allow you to do your taxes for free online if, if you're someone who wants to do it personally. Uh, but there are a lot of resources here on base, too. Uh, the 150th themselves, if you're a taco, we have a, um, a financial advisor that can kind of discuss, you know, finances with you and, you know, putting money away and helping you out with stuff like that. But at the same time, on base as well, um, there are tax advisors who can actually walk you through your taxes. You know, they may not do all the tax divisions or different tax brackets or different types of businesses, but they can help put either point you in the right direction or help you with your personal taxes, at least, uh, here on base. And there's going to be more information out that when the year starts that we can get you most of the time they're at the, at the 377th, um, but they're open to all active military. So if you're a guardsman, that counts. And then the you know, the round base, you know, there are other tax companies that'll come on that'll help you with your taxes and give you advice and, and point you in the right direction, if not helping you do your taxes yourself, depending on, on your rank and whatnot. So, you know, keep that in mind that there are a ton of avenues that you can go at for being in the military, especially being a guardsman, uh, that can really help you out. And hopefully, as soon as we get the information um, and family readiness gets the information, they can post that and get that out to everybody so that way you guys can do your taxes or you know anybody can do their taxes whenever they they're ready to so when you get all your w-2s and all that in so good question beckley yeah and that's actually um, a resource that's been um super super beneficial to me especially so the uh, the financial advisement resource through the airman yeah. care center uh, so right when i started my business i was going back and forth about llc sole proprietor llc sole proprietor and um just kind of figured out which like avenue was the best for me but mm -hmm. as simple as things were what is classified as an asset or not on my taxes. Um, so what I, what I need to claim things as. And right. so these are just things that I've learned through like the Airman Care Center, um, talking to their financial advisors. It's totally free. Um, and it, like I've, accountants are expensive. Like yeah. I've talked to a few friends who are accountants and they're like, yeah, it's like $300 an hour for me sometimes. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've gotten a lot of like help out of it. I've like figured out programs to use to keep track of my income and like what I should be claiming, what forms I need. Um, how to do the amends of my 2018 tax because I didn't know that my in 2018 I could have claimed all of my driving miles on my right. car 
and I didn't know that. And I was like, and I had to pay taxes in 2018, my first year ever paying taxes. Um, I felt like an adult, but in a bad way. <laughs> I was like, I owe you a thousand dollars. But um, then I found out that because of my driving miles, I would have received like a refund, and so I had to amend it. And I didn't know that if I hadn't just had a conversation with like the financial advisor. Right. So like, yeah, really, really great resource. Um, even if you aren't like a business owner, just in general, um, super helpful. Yeah. So. Well, um, they they get real busy, but on base, uh, the Airman Care Center will always have tax people that you can go, you schedule an appointment because they get super backed up, but you can schedule an appointment and then they'll sit with you and they'll tell you exactly what you need. They give you a little slip of all the information you have to take with you to your appointment and they'll literally sit down and do your taxes with you and then help you file them. So those are great resources for people who don't know the right questions or, you know, they're, like you said, you know, your first time doing your taxes and you don't know what you can claim, what you can't claim. You don't know how to file specifically. And, you know, the IRS is super scary. So Yeah, get audited <laughs> yeah. for the first time. Yeah, exactly. It's bound to happen once in my yeah, life. Yeah, I'm it's sure. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, and you don't, they don't want to come back and be like, oh, seven years ago you forgot to claim your, your gas mileage. You or, claim this as a, an expense, but it was actually an asset yeah. and should have been divided over multiple years. Yeah, so exactly. So you owe us money. And I've been like, Ugh. Yep. So, so the, yeah, there are great people who can help. <laughs> You know, because uh, everyone always says that, you know, they do their taxes or a lot of people say they do their taxes. Um, but if you're if you're worried and, and you really want to speak to somebody that that does that for a living, there's there's all kinds of cool resources on base that, that can help you out. So, you know, start looking at that as you start getting your W-2s and and you're going on um, my pay and all that stuff, you know, start looking into it because, you know, that's the great thing about being in the military is um, there's a lot of resources that can that can really help us out. So, awesome, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about um, being a DSG uh, guardsman versus like a technician um, and the differences between that. So I've never been a full time technician, but I've been a temp tech for like six months before, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was significantly different uh, from being a DSG. Obviously, not in terms of time. Um, but in pay structure, health insurance, all of that stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about the differences in that and um, how that's actually different from being like on orders um, as a guardsman because we, as guardsmen, have like four different like statuses we can be in when we're working on base. So sometimes it can get kind of confusing. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the differences. Yeah, that's actually a interesting topic that I'm learning about right now. So I'm a technician um for the for the wing and I just started uh, kind of towards the mid of this year but you're right there's a there's a ton of different statuses that you could be on so of course there's the DSG which is uh, the traditional guardsman right that person does their UTA uh, every month they do their AT days that are assigned to them and then every once in a while they may go on a TDY or come on base um, then there's the technician status and the technician status uh, you're a government employee but you have to carry a job uh, within the guard as well. So that's a pretty cool one. Um, so for instance, I'm a technician. And so even though I'm not active uh, military, I'm still considered a government employee. Uh, there's also temp tech. That's a really cool one. If people are looking you know, to work on base while they're going to college or something, or, or they're wanting to try a job out for a few months, they can be what's called a temp tech. And those are resources that uh, different squadrons and units will readily become available if they need help with something and someone can try that out. Um, 
those ones you don't always have to carry the AFSC to do it. So you just got to keep an eye on the posting or talk to that squadron if they have an availability to see if, if you need it or not or what, what the help's going to be. And then the pay deter- is determined based off of that. Um, then, of course, there's AGR, which is Active Guard Reserve. That's basically like a full-time military member. Um, and then a lot of times with our members getting deployed, there's a temp AGR where you can backfill the person who's deployed since that, that AGR is gone. Um, there's potential for that where you can come on and, and be active military here at home, which is pretty cool because a lot of people maybe don't want to leave home, but they want to serve for a little while. So that's another, that's another way of doing it. Um, all these positions that come available, all the full-time positions. So like the technician and the, and the AGR, you know, we have them on our SharePoint. So if you're an active guardsman already, if you're already a taco, you can go to the 150th SharePoint uh, on drill weekends. Uh, or if you have a CAC reader at home. And those positions will always be available there. Also, the technician positions we've been posting on the app and Facebook. And those are on uh, USA Jobs as well. And those correct? are USA Jobs, yeah. So the technician, like I said, it's a government it's a government position. So if you, you're retired or you're a civilian, you can apply for those positions, correct? Some of them. Some of them. Okay. Some of them you can apply to. Some of them they ask for, like, you to, to currently be a guardsman. Um so sometimes they're good for the army too, because if they if you don't have to be an air force, they may say as long as you serve in the New Mexico National Guard, you can apply for this position. So if there's an army person wanting to convert, that's one. Um, we have Title Five. Also, I forgot about that one. That's a that's a government employee as well, but where you don't have to be in the military. Okay, so like a contractor. Yeah, kind okay. of, but you're not contracting. You're a federal employee to the guard. Um, but you can be a civilian as well. So okay. a lot of our retired people may be able to apply for that position. Or what happens is a lot of our members who are getting ready to retire will apply for those positions. So they can be out of the military but still serve the wing because they may have a spe- you know a specialty that we may need or they're just not ready to get out. You know, Some yeah. people love the military so much that they, they want to continue even after their 20 years or they turn 60. So that's an opportunity for them is the Title V one. And we'll be posting those along with the technician position on Facebook. And then we always put the URL next to it, so that way it directly takes you to USA Jobs uh, where you can apply. And that has all the stipulations on what you need. But those are really cool positions that I had no idea about until I came on days. I was actually Mm -hmm. uh, doing three months on orders, and then we started talking about that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a great opportunity. And so we want to make sure that we post that for people so that way they know. But that's... Those are all the statuses potentially. I'm sure there's more out there, but those are the ones that I know of right now that that um, that you can apply to, and especially the technician um, and the Title Fives, and the so the technicians Title Five, Title Thirty Two. Those are the ones that we'll be posting um, through the app and on Facebook for you to go. And those are the USA jobs. So awesome. And um, when we say app, we're talking about the Air Force Connect app. The Air Force Nobody Connect has app. downloaded right. that. Um, it is a very great resource. That but back to like the statuses, uh, there are they, they they pay differently the statuses. So when you're a technician, you're paid on an hourly rate, correct? So most of the time. Most of the time. Um, you're paid on a, what's called a GS scale. Okay. So when you go into the position, like let's say you are into a position that you find, and you're like, hey, I want to do that f- full time. Um, if it's a technician position or a Title Five, you'll get paid. Um, through a, a, either a GS scale or a, there's a bunch of different scales out there. There's like a WR scale, um, and then there's other ones, but you'll get paid on the scale. So what you would do is when you go into USA Jobs, you'll see what the pay scale is. It's called pay scale or pay grade. 
and then you can just Google it and then they just have you put your zip code in. So that way you get the cost of living expense involved in it. Uh, but that's how you get paid. If you're okay. AGR, um, you get paid based off of your rank as if you were in the military, okay, so right? So AGR, you get paid similar like you're an active duty Exactly. Status. So you get BAH, BAS on there. Potentially, well. yeah. Cool. That's the that's the difference when it comes to the pay scales is it's more based off of your rank, whereas the USA Jobs government pay is through the whatever pay scale you're going to okay. go through. And then, well, it'll always post it on there. So then you can just go and do your own research. And then depending on experience and whatnot, we'll determine where within the scale that you'll start out on. Okay, and yeah. um, I'm not sure if you know about this. This might be a question for like medical, but um, when I was at Temp Tech, I was we I was told that we well also had to that we couldn't you can't have Tricare while you're on technician status. You have to be in a different insurance status. So that's true. Okay. So you're considered a federal. So Tricare is involved when you're on military orders, like Title Ten, it's called, mm-hmm. um, where your your um, you're like active duty. Mm-hmm. So that's given to you. Um, when you become a technician, as of right now, when you become a technician, there's other forms of insurance that uh, they're called our HROs, are basically our HR department uh, will provide to you that you can that you can select from. So and okay. and then Tricare is just for if you're on military status. Cool. Yeah. And then um, if you're a DSG, you could do Tricare reserves. Correct. So. If you're DSG, because you're still on military status, yes. right? So you come you come on to do your your UTAs and your AT days, which still create military orders. But yeah, you yes. can do TRICARE Select, which you can pay for um, out of pocket if you decide you know your primary care from your work is too expensive. Um, that's always a great option. Yeah, that's uh, that's where where I'm at. That's another <laughs> that's another resource that another the military provides. Yeah, that I, uh, you know our DSGers don't know about, but it's a great one that can get you you know, all the health benefits you need. I did not realize the cost of health insurance. It's crazy. I enlisted when I was 17 years old, so I've yeah. never like had to deal with adult health insurance. And it's, it gets insane out there. I have a yeah. friend um, who works in the oil fields and he, man, his insurance I think is like $210 a month, not a month, a paycheck. Um, and uh, so he got on Tricare cause it's, it, you know, it's way cheaper and, and they're better benefits from where he's at. You know, that's what he said. And I, yeah. So for a lot of people out there, if you, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with cost comparison. I mean, if you think about it, when you go to buy a new car, you obviously, you know, go to a couple different places to see what the rates are and what your monthly payment's going to be. So why not do that with your insurance? And Tricare Select for all of our traditional guardsmen is a great opportunity for them to look at. Well, that's all that we have today. Um, thank you, Lieutenant Trujillo, for being on with us. Yes, sir. Have a great day, everybody. You as well, Beckley.